I'm delighted to announce that the National Association for Primary Education has exclusively released a video from its Primary Education Summit, Visions for the Future. This video, recorded by me, Mark Taylor, and Al Kingsley, talks about creating digital strategies for schools. This video is available for you to watch now at educationonfire.com forward slash blog, which I really hope gives you a taster of some of the amazing content that was available as part of that Primary Education Summit. That's educationonfire.com forward slash blog. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And just a little sneak preview that um, the National Association for Primary Education, who are the sponsor of this show, also have a Primary Education Summit, which is going to be in next March, March 2023. So do listen out in the coming episodes um, for more details about that and how you can get involved. Now, today I'm delighted to have two guests. We're going to be talking governance with Sam Henson from the National Governance Association and Andrew Deer, who is a governor herself and gives some great insights into what being a governor is about and how you can get involved and some ideas about sharing the, the really important work that all governors are doing across the country. Now, new research from the NGA has found that vacancies for school governors and trustees are at their highest since 2016. 67% of governing boards report at least one vacancy, with 38% reporting two or more vacancies. The results were part of the NGA's 2022 annual governance survey, which also found that post-pandemic, 63% of respondents reported issues with recruitment compared to 55% in 2019. Now, governing boards are responsible for the strategic direction of a school or trust, and the decisions implement hundreds if not thousands of pupils. So with a typical board consisting of nine or ten governors or trustees, the high vacancy rate means some boards may struggle to drive improvement and provide sufficient scrutiny and financial oversight. Overall, the NGA estimates that there are currently more than 20,000 vacancies. Now, this is quite a number, and we get into a fantastic discussion about how this might be improved, ways of being involved, and some of the real positive things about being a governor and how you can help the pupils that are involved in your life and your community. So I hope you enjoy this, my conversation with Sam Henson and Andrew Deer. Hi, Sam. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. I think we've covered governance once over the last nearly 300 episodes so I'm really excited to dive back into it and I know it's it's such an important feature I'm I've got children in school I know exactly the important role of that my wife was a governor at one stage as well so I've got some sort of insight from that practical uh, level so yeah thanks so much for being here so Sam why don't you start us off give us a little bit of a, a background in terms of your role and, and what governance means for you Great, thanks, Mark. Um, so my role is I'm the Director of Policy and Communications at the National Governance Association. Governance uh, means a lot, a lot to me. It's it's uh, something that I uh, am involved with every day uh, in my role uh, at, at NGA, but also in my role as a as a trustee. Um, uh, so I, I I come at this very much with two two hats on. Um, at NGA, uh, governance is something that that we live and breathe it's 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 the very uh, meaning of our existence as an organization um you know we are passionate about spreading the word about 
what what governance is there to do, the impact it has on on uh, our schools and our trusts, and and uh, hopefully the, the the positive impact that that then has on on our pupils. So I think for me, you know, any any opportunity to come and talk about governance is something that that. I always always embrace it's something that the that, that, that we we love no, nothing else other than to come and talk about governance mark so that's that's really where i'm coming from today fantastic and i love it when there's like those two hats that sort of practical experience and then like say the passion and the work and, and all of that because then you can sort of see that 360 which is just going to help what you're doing isn't it as well yeah. as being able to take that back into the like say that sort of practical setting um and angie what's your what's your experience within the governing world yeah, so hi, Mark. Um, for me, I am a governor of two schools and um, I think I really got into it by accident. My brother was a governor back in the day and um, I was really intrigued about giving something back to my local community. And I thought being part of the largest volunteer network across the UK is a, is a great way to start. So um, I initially became a school governor four years ago at um, a local school, it's a special school, um, where I see myself as an ally. Uh, I can use my, I suppose, my ableism, my my experience, my lived experience um, to kind of, I suppose, ensure the learners, the children at that school um, can get the best possible opportunities in life and enable them to, I suppose, have the best possible chances of having a successful life after school. Um, so I've been a governor, like I said, four years at the special school. And then recently, my children's school had a, an opening for a parent governor. So I applied and um, I suppose having um, been successful in, in securing that position, I suppose juggling the two roles um, as parent governor and also um, a kind of co-opted governor with the special school. So a real great opportunity, I feel, to give back to two fabulous schools in our local community um, where I can give my knowledge, my experience, my my so-called school knowledge back in, you know, um, you know, back when I was um, back in school, but also my knowledge and experience I've gathered through university, the world of work, but also family life. Um, but then also it's, I get a lot from it as well because I'm learning about being on a board and um, having the ability to set strategic direction, understanding the school structures, um, looking at it from a kind of compliance and statutory risk perspective and then also kind of evaluating how effective is the board, the governing board, but also how effective are the, the school leadership team as well. And Sam, I think for me, maybe not everybody listening knows exactly you know that how that school setup works. You know, you, you, you see the head teacher, you know, there's a senior leadership team. You may know there's a governing body, like say, and trustees and that kind of thing. But the real kind of nuts and bolts of kind of of what the governance does and, and how that filters down through into, like say, the, the people that we see day to day during the school. Absolutely. I think um, I think that's one of the, the real challenges, uh, Mark, that I think that we face at NGA is that I think governance is often misunderstood or it, it it perhaps doesn't have any visibility at all 
uh, and often it's going completely under the, the radar. I've heard governors and trustees often referred to as these these hidden givers in, in the, the, the sector. And, that, and they are that. They give so much of their time um, and are such a, a, a key part of the system. But yet, um, you know, that governance is on, only tends to go into the spotlight when, when something goes wrong. And, and I think sometimes um, a view... There's, there's this um, temptation to view governance as a, as a sort of insurance policy um, that, you know, is there to, to call into action when, when there's a real issue. But actually, governors and trustees are, are giving up huge amounts of, of their time, uh, as Andrew said, you know, the, the, the biggest volunteer force in, in, in the country. Um, you know, that, that, that contribution they're making to, to society is, is absolutely staggering when, when you think about it. Um, and I think that uh, one of the, the key challenges for, for us and, and the sector as a whole, I think, is, is we need to be more mindful uh, about that, that huge contribution that's being made. And we need to celebrate it more. We need to talk about it more. We need to um, uh, focus on governance, not just in the negative sense, which it has so often been focused on in the past, but really come at it from from the viewpoint of the, that huge contribution it makes. And I think, you know, on a very practical level, that means that, you know, these volunteers are, are attending uh, different meetings at various points of the year and um, they're going into schools uh, you know they're, they're, they're meeting staff they're meeting parents they're they're listening to the stakeholders they're taking those viewpoints and using those viewpoints um, to make the strategic decisions on on behalf of their organizations that that, that ultimately they're they're accountable for those decisions uh, and um, you know it's it's, a, it's 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 a really big uh, role to have uh, and and I think um, uh, like you said Mark I, I don't think um, there's always a clear understanding of, of how it's working in, in practice but um, it, it's helpful to think of it in, in terms of those those sort of hidden givers of, 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 of the school system. And I, I think for me sometimes I mean correct me if I'm wrong but my understanding is is that the governing board are really sort of setting the tone they're setting the agenda in many ways and the the head teacher and the SLT are kind of carrying that through and I know in reality there's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue and obviously you're working together and it's a much more collaborative than that but you know head teachers come and go whereas like we say the governing body hopefully sort of has that sort of steadying the ship kind of idea of giving it that direction I wonder sometimes whether some of the misinformation and feeling about it is the fact that you've got a head teacher who's earning their their salary in SLTs and or, and the school sort of being the professionals as it were, but then you have this governing body which are vo who are volunteers and kind of helping out, which is often what a volunteer sounds like. Whereas I'm right in thinking, aren't I, that the reality is is actually it's the governing body which is like I said setting the tone and kind of and really sort of giving it that direction and 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 so i think that distinction can be can be sometimes mis misled absolutely and i think that's a really really key thing um to pinpoint here you know governing boards are the vision setters you know they're the they're the, they're the ambition drivers for their organizations of course they do that working um incredibly closely with with their their school leaders um but you know, just that that kind of view that exists in 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 some 
some corners of, of society that that actually you know governors and and trustees are there that, that, and they're not actually doing that much i think is is really misplaced um actually you know they they have to um uh, continually um uh, be on top of where their organization is you know that where their school is you know what, where is it on its improvement journey um uh, do they have a, a good grip of that what decisions do they need to take in order to move it on in the right direction you know and, and th- these are this that's a big task and and actually one of one of the the constant pieces of feedback we hear is that um you know when when governing boards are working well um, it's school leaders in particular, you know, they, they value that relationship in, in, in incredibly. Um, where, but, you know, I'm sure there'll be some people listening who've, who've heard accounts of, of, of head teachers and, and other leaders who, who perhaps haven't valued that relationship with their governing board. But I think that's often, you know, they're the outliers. And, and uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, we only tend to hear about the, the, the negative points, I think, in terms of governing boards when actually, you know, the, for, the, for the best part of, of, of it, we hear positive story after positive story. And I think we just want to get that message out more more clearly for people so they can they can also come and get get involved as well and i think that's that's really key for us andrew i think i think it's a really interesting what you said there sam and i and i appreciate you know the school their leadership team the teachers the the staffing structure you only know what you know and i think governing boards made up of volunteers as we've discussed um, come from all walks of life we are diverse and maybe yet we need to be more diverse as the statistics are telling us at least from last year's survey that the national governance association ran but we bring our lived experience we bring um, our professional um, kind of working knowledge as well so for example if you are um, you know, in HR, if you work in finance, if you're a lawyer, if you if you have those that experience in the working world, you can bring your knowledge, your experience to help the school to be curious about the data that the head teacher presents, to um, query, question, challenge, and provide that support as well. About have you considered doing it this way? Have you thought about um, this element of of um, th- that you can you know, provide a solution to this problem that we're facing. So I think actually, um, yes, you, you do get volunteers who are from professional backgrounds, but it's not a necessity. You only have to be over 18 years old. You don't have to be part of a professional body, have so many letters after your name. We just want you to come around the table or the virtual table as as we, we work in these days and be curious about the information that's been presented um, have the right behaviours and understand the vision and the values that we have set, because actually that sets the culture, that sets kind of how we progress and navigate through these challenges. And actually, we we want there to be an opportunity where we can hold them to account, the leadership team, but also we want to be able to support them as well. So I think having kind of a good mixture of people on the governing board is crucial. And like I said, just having that lived experience, having being curious and providing that challenge and support is really key, I feel. And I guess, you know, <clears throat> making that picture really clear is is important, like you said, in terms of the community at large around any given school. You know, the governing body, like I say, is very sort of bland in terms of 
of that the, the, there's something happening behind the scenes, like you say, without the visibility. But understanding that whatever that range of people, like say, whether they're lawyers, whether they're in finance, HR, parent governors, people who've just been through the school, so they know exactly what it's like in relatively recent terms, and that was opposed to how it used to be, and whatever that experience is, that you can sort of see this really diverse understanding of support because there's going to be probably someone on that on the governing body that you could go and speak to as a parent or someone that you could think oh yeah i i recognize them in me i i I can see how that vision's being implemented in in a kind of an indirect kind of way um and and so i guess that's why i love the podcast so much it's that sort of it's always sort of hearing the voices in the understanding behind behind a name behind a website behind a whatever it happens to be that kind of sort of gets those gets those things things through so so sam we, we sort of mentioned very briefly there that the research tell us a little bit about what that was um what your findings are and then sort of what you want to sort of get across with that yeah thanks mark so the the um uh, the, the research that we talked about is um from nga's annual governance survey and that's something that we do every year. We're, it's the 12th year of, of that survey. So we've built up this um, huge uh, data uh, set from looking at over the years of, and looking at how the, the governing boards have developed and, and changed and, and uh, over the years. The survey looks at um, the, the, the experience of, of, of governors and trustees, but it also looks at the 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 organizations that they volunteer for um so it looks at those their schools their trusts and the the challenges and the obstacles they face um very much from the viewpoint of of the board um so this year one of the 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 the, the key areas that that we've looked at again in detail like we do every year is how how boards are are getting on with um their uh, how they how they're composed as a board uh, and any any challenges that, that there are in, in relation to that findings from 2022 have, have shown us that uh, that the actually the, the the reality is schools and trusts um, across the country are facing a, a major challenge in in recruiting governance volunteers to their boards so we have a, a situation that's, that's that's developed and and a, a, a more negative picture that's developed over time where more boards have got more vacancies um, and uh, it, it, we're now at a point where 67 percent of governing boards have at least one vacancy that in itself one vacancy probably not the be all and end all, but we've got almost 40% of report uh, of, of boards telling us that they've got two or more vacancies. And I think that's the real um, area that that's causing uh, alarm bells for us. The findings uh, really show us that vacancies are, are, are a real problem for boards. They're at their highest level since 2016. Um, recruitment is becoming more challenging. Um, it's been it's been for a really hard time. Uh, as many things have over the last couple of years with the pandemic, I think that's that we found that that's had a negative impact on on boards recruiting uh, uh, as well. Um, and we're also seeing um, uh, two very clear trends that have developed over time, um, where we have uh, a, a real lack of younger uh, volunteers um, on our boards, um, and we also um, have 
boards that are really lacking in terms of uh, the the diversity that 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 makes up their communities. So actually, governing boards aren't as diverse as the communities that they serve, and I think that's a real uh, ongoing concern for us at NGA. Is something that we we're really trying to do something about. So that's that's where we're at. That's the, what the data is showing us. And I think um, uh, what what it shows us, Mark, is that there's some there's some real areas that need to be be tackled going forwards. And Andrew, why was the opposite for you the case in terms of I want to get involved in this? The opportunities there, I, you know, I've got the opportunity to do a second school. I'm, I'm going to jump in and do that. So, what, what, why was your perception that it was something you wanted to to be part of, as opposed to, um, like, say, the research showing that less and less people are wanting to? So for me, it was giving back my knowledge, my experience that I have at the working world, working in the public sector. Um, but also there was an opportunity for me to learn about working on a, on a board. Um, I am a manager in a public sector organisation. And one day, hopefully, I would have the opportunity to work at a more higher level. But this was an opportunity to have board level experience, to network with, again, people who have again lived experience lots of experience that they can give and share that knowledge across the um the governing board but then also be really curious um about the information that's presented to us from the school and understand that you know we've just gone through covid there's been a lot around um risk assessments around health and well-being of staff around the health and well-being of children and so using my professional experience in that uh, sphere I think has really benefited the school um, and also benefited me. And I think my my perception often is the fact that you know this is an education podcast you know we talk about education all the time and and there's that sense of we have a, an education system which is quite prescriptive at the minute there are people under lots of pressure for data and results and all of that kind of thing um, and there, there, there are two schools of thought that we end up at. One is we'd like a magic wand to change that, which isn't going to happen today, one would think. Um, but then there's also what you can personally do, and that might well be a conversation you're having with a child, a colleague, whatever it happens to be, and that does make a difference. Um, and it seems to me that being on a governing board gives you that opportunity as well to kind of, like say, to have that vision, to ask those questions, to really kind of bring your experience to the board, which does make a difference. You know, you might not be able to get rid of how you teach maths, for example, tomorrow, but th th there are things around that that can be changed. Hence the reason is what, what we do here, sort of sharing that sort of creative understanding of learning. But I think I think that visibility is, is key, like you said. You know, you think of someone like... Um, Marcus Rashford, who, you know, completely changed the outcomes of millions of children by being very visible about what he wanted to do. Um, and, and I just think that sense that while you might not be able to change a policy or, or feed millions of people, you can actually make a difference to those people within your community. Um, and and therefore, you know, why would you not if you <laughs> if, if you could, if you could make that difference? So I, I guess my question, Sam, really is that kind of you said the visibility is important. Do you have any ideas or thoughts or something that you're trying to organise that kind of gets that visibility out there and that perception actually changing? Mm. I think uh, I think the the first thing really we have to tackle on on that front is being really upfront and clear on what the role is and isn't because I think um, you know we've already covered that 
in, in some ways um, today that actually I think there's there's there is a, a view out there which actually doesn't line up to the realities of, of the role and also I think we um, we also need to to draw out more of the the positive experience um, you know as we listen to Andrew's story I think uh, you know I'm I'm hearing all of the the, the positive aspects, you know, that's not to say there aren't, you know, the odd difficult meeting or, you know, sometimes, yeah, you know, it, it, it does feel there, there is a genuine commitment there and we have to be upfront and honest about that. But the role more than, more than, more than pays back, you know, we, we hear time and time again, um, that those who are actually involved in governance, they genuinely, um, enjoy what they do. They find it rewarding. Um, they 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 they're very clear that they do have an opportunity to make a difference. So I think first thing is we need to we need to kind of get that message out there. So one thing we've done at NGA is we've created a, a very short animation that we can share with people that, that kind of explains the role in in very kind of simple terms. Um, and and I, I hope as well it, it actually. Uh, go some way to to kind of debunk some of the myths out there um in in terms of what what governors and trustees do i don't know if you remember mark i think um uh, there was once um a, a really um unhe- unhelpful remark by an mp who, uh, who 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 basically said that um governors they 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 gather around a table and and uh, they eat cake, and it was kind of like you know that that's not helpful. Like I've, I mean, first first and foremost, I've never eaten cake at a, a governing board meeting before. Um, you know, we, we don't we don't sit round tables and eat cake. Um, I'm sure I'm sure there is cake available in in, in some board meetings, but um, not the ones I've been to. But you know, so I think this kind of image that governors and, and trustees are these kind of busy bodies that kind of gather around and, and they don't actually make a difference. We've got to debunk that. That's, it's, that's, that's, that's not the experience um, uh, that, that is actually out there. We know that actually for those who are doing the role, um, you know, if we look at our data from last year, for example, 95% of them told us that their opinion is valued by their board when it is offered. They have a genuine opportunity to contribute to um, uh, what is going on in their school, in their trust, to make a, a lasting impact on the, the pupils within those organisations, which I think is the, the number one driver. So I think for, for me, that is the the, the, the something that, that we have to keep doing and then it's getting the message out there it's us talking to employers um and and uh, going back to some of the things andrew said making it clear to them actually your staff could really benefit from uh getting involved in governance actually there's a lot of transferable skills that you can learn uh, around the governing board table that actually can really help um, to develop you in your your career i think um you know that there's there's lots of things that you 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 experience you know just being part of a of a board and and having those opportunities to contribute to those conversations at a very strategic level you know how is i struggle to think of many other opportunities that exist like that um and yeah it's it's a volunteer role but actually it, it gives back so much so i think actually you know leaning on some of those those really key positive points, I think, is really, really going to help solve uh, that issue.
I don't think it's just the NGA's responsibility to make governors more visible. I think we have a duty ourselves. And if you think there's what 300,000 of us across the country, you know, we're actually quite a force to be reckoned with. So I think there's responsibilities, like I say, not just sitting in your camp, Sam, but also the governors ourselves, the schools, I think they can do a lot more. So for example, you know, we you look at a school's website, you will see on the the, the website the list of names of governors and which meetings they've attended on which days. Is there a tick against their box, you know, for the meeting that they attended in July? And that's not, I mean, yes, it's mandatory to put that on there, but that's not really informative. That's not really going to really uh, kind of paint the picture of what governance is about. I think we need to do more about how we market ourselves. We, we have to have some sort of marketing strategy around this. So, for example, why can't we have photos of ourselves on the website? And a bit about ourselves, who we are, where do we work, what are our hobbies and passions, why are we governors? Um, I think just something really short and simple, but with that kind of connection of looking at a photo of us. So, actually, if parents do see us in the playground, say, oh, Andrew, you're a parent governor. Can I talk to you about this? Um and so there's that that's another way of being more visible. I think as well, when we conduct link governor visits, when we are on site um, meeting as a governing board, when we are on site at parents' evenings or any sort of community events or school um, fairs, et cetera, why are we not wearing lanyards saying that actually we are governors? And it's just something really simple because actually the staff wear it. But why is it that we can't wear it as as um, governors and say, actually, yeah, we're really proud to be governors here. Come and talk to us or we'll come and talk to you because actually we want to know more about your experience, you know, be, coming to this school every day or working at this school every day or t- sending your children to this school every day. So um, I think there's there's things that we can do to become more visible. Um, another thing that, that we're looking to do more on, on our websites is actually having kind of like an opening statement from the Chair of Governors, but also a closing statement at the end of the academic year. So really at, this, at the start of the academic year, this is what we're looking, is it essentially our, our key things on our action plan. This is what we're looking to make a difference on this year. And then at the end of the year, almost saying, actually, upon reflection, these are things that we've achieved. We appreciate we've got to do a bit more on this, this and this, but this is essentially what we've been doing. So actually then the kudos does go to the governing board. Appreciate the senior leadership team and teachers work extremely hard in what they do every day, but understand that governors have their roles and responsibilities and we have a real key part to play in school improvement Um, and then you think about kind of walking into a school reception you have these tvs on the wall these days or um, or whether you have a notice board they could have a scrolling image again of here your governors um, and and this is this is who they are so I i just think there are things that we can do um as a local level within a school rather than um, kind of just expecting the NGA or um, or other organisations to, to kind of do it for us. And I, I love you mentioned marketing there because that really does sound like chalk and cheese in, in, in the sense of what we've been talking about, you know, the perception of, of what a governor may be as opposed to, like I say, marketing and, and, and all the sort of buzz that sort of comes around that kind of thing. But it just struck me as you were speaking there that, 
if you think about the other main volunteers that go in a school, which are obviously the PTAs, they have their own marketing strategies because partly they're getting all the parents involved or as many as they possibly can to do things. And also all the children know what goes on with them. You know, we've just had a summer fair. Therefore, we've got this number of thousands of pounds and you're going on a school trip. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, we're we're an important part of what's going on. And And it seems to me that, you know, it's obviously going to be different from a governing body's point of view, but if there was a project or something which was devised by the governing body and we're going to do this and we'd like you to do this something to, to get you from here to here and you can show it to us and we'll be part of it in whichever way we can and I, I admit there are time restrictions and all that kind of thing but if it's broad enough and, and sort of cohesive enough then all of a sudden the children have that same understanding that there is a group of people here who are making massive impact on our school and we're part of that and it shouldn't be the same as a PTA but it but that sort of format of kind of we're here we're going to do something together and here's the result and here's how you're going to benefit from it and I guess maybe that model could work in the same kind of way what do you think Sam? Yeah absolutely and I, I know of a number of governing boards that have done some really creative things um, and um, I, I think you know where where they've done that they've seen really positive results and I think anything anything that a board can do to get um, and draw in the the, the, the pupils themselves, uh, as well as the parents and, and and staff. I think is is a real real positive. So I think I think that's a really important point. In fact, I think the, the marketing angle is a really crucial one. I think it's something we we've we've just been um, writing that up in uh, for our own magazine actually on. For, trying to talk to boards about what they can do in terms of their next steps I think we that's that's the angle we've really gone at and actually think about in terms of how how you know you'd market anything else um and so so I think that's really really key I mean the the other thing I would mention is uh, as well as as pupils and, and parents I do think there is there is a, a real gap in in being clear um, with with staff in in, in schools and, and trusts as, as well. I think sometimes that can be the real uh, area where there needs to be some attention and just in just just being very clear with staff what governors and trustees are there to do and, and what they're not there to do. And so actually that sort of begs the question, why, you know, why aren't we making governance more of a feature in, in, in training for, for staff and, and leaders? Why, why isn't it more of a feature when, you, you know, for, for uh, teacher training and, and, and so on? So I think that there's so many different things that we can do. I think we've only really just scratched the, the surface. So I think that's the positive, you know, uh, actually governing boards, um, are I think quite an an unsung bunch, but I think that's that's partly because um, often they're, they're so busy getting on and doing the job that they you know there just simply hasn't been the space and time to really think about how do we market ourselves. Um, but I think the, the the times come for a real shift in that thinking, and I think the good news is you know we're seeing more boards that are starting to really think actually you know like like you were saying Andrew you know how can we as a board uh, and and also often it's often that the head teacher and and the leaders in in that school or trust that are also really wanting to concentrate concentrate that effort how how can we um change this perception of of what is actually uh, happening on our boards 
And I guess we, we, we don't want to create an issue in terms of we have vacancies, but creating a, a marketing governor or something like that, yeah. you know, but, but, but like I say, even having those conversations about the fact that you might get someone in the community that has that background and gets excited by that yeah. kind of thing that may not have thought about becoming a, a governor because of their perception that then, like I say, they can, they can sort of bring those skills in. Um, Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, certainly. I think I think it's everyone's responsibility, kind of the marketing side. Um, you know, we have to be engaging with our stakeholders, whether that's staff members, whether that's leadership team, whether that's the, the pupils and learners themselves, the parents, the PTA and our local community. Um, but what I wanted to just go back to, if you don't mind, is you mentioned about the project work. How can we really enable our learners at the school to get a glimpse of what we do in terms of governing boards and our governance um, structures that we have at school um, and kind of having that that kind of two-way dialogue which we don't get to have very often with our learners you know we they don't know us and we don't know the learners as well as we would like so we know that gov governing boards um, have meetings every term that link governors conduct um, visits to the school again every term but why can't we invite the learners the children of that school to come and um, you know come to the start of a governing board meeting present ideas give us updates about actually the changes that we imp 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 put in place from the school development plan uh, last year or last term how has that had an impact on the children themselves we get head teacher reports with updates, but actually, isn't it so much more richer from hearing it from the, the pupils themselves? And so I just think actually that's a really great way to evaluate how effective we are as a governing board when we hear it from the pupils themselves. Uh, it's almost like an impact statement. What What's the change that we wanted to affect and has it actually been realized? What's worked well in the children's eyes? What's not worked well? Do they have solutions themselves? Because you only know what you know. And actually, if we don't know what's going on between those school hours and how the children feel when some change has been enacted, um, we just don't know. But that information's lost. But we need to ask them. We need to ask the children themselves. And um, we're really, really grateful for the leadership team and the, 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 the school uh, staffing structure doing that. But actually, I think governors need to hear it themselves. We need to add yeah. a bit more personality, a bit more um kind of life to the school development plan that we have on paper we need to see and hear what exactly is being changed and how much of an effect that has had on the, the children's experience of school yeah i think that interaction and that actually bringing bringing life to life as it were you know like you say you know a development plan is this number of pages in something we've worked really hard at and the reality is is that your school looks like this because of you know like saying and backwards and forwards and, and i think children's input and all that's really 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 key so just as we start to 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 round up sam we haven't talked about exactly what the nga does across the board you know it, we're talking primary secondary you know and any kind of board so just mm. sort of give us a kind of a very short idea of who you support and how you support yeah. them and, and, and how people can sort of find out more. Absolutely. Thanks, Mark. Um, so we support and work with uh, boards of, of all school types, different structures. So whether that's, you know, your small rural primary school um, or whether that's the largest multi-academy trust, uh, you know, we're there, we're there for everyone. 
um, because the you know the the the, the concepts behind uh, governance are, are are the same, you know, and actually governance um, transfers that that practice kind of transfers from one board to to another. Um, so we we there we're there to to work with with governing boards of all types. We work with um, governance professionals. That that's a real um, area of the sector that's seen a, a real uh, uh, amount of growth of you know lots of um, uh, governance professionals now working in the sector. Uh, you know, often uh, for a multi academy trust, for example, where they're they're doing that at trust wide, or perhaps their governance professionals working for a local authority. So we work with them. Um, so whether it's governors, trustees, governance professionals, uh, you know, we're we're there to provide training, support, guidance, and so on. But also, Mark, the the other thing that we do a lot of is. Uh, lobbying on on their behalf, you know that that kind of interaction with um, the government, um, whether it's on things like the the recent white paper, or whether it's on things such as, uh, you know, actually one of the things that we've just been talking about here this morning actually is the number of governors and uh, who are contacting us about the cost of living crisis. So actually, we're there to be a, a voice on their behalf uh, directly to government and working with. Other uh, other key players in the sector, whether that's the unions and and so on, to really bring those messages together and work with them to to create um, a, a real driving force um, on behalf of governing boards across across the country. So uh, you know, there's there's loads more information on on our website, obviously at National Governance Association. So anyone who's interested, please please do go and have a look. Fantastic. And Andrew, just to finish up, if if you had to give you know a takeaway to sort of to market the, the the world of being a governor what what would you say and, and how would you sort of get that that interaction and excitement going as we've mentioned just before I think for me and, and on reflection of kind of this podcast um, I think treating a governing board or being on a governing board is like being as part of a team you know there's recruitment and retention of head teachers of staff of governors we carry out onboarding and inductions to make sure actually we um, we share the culture, we share our visions, we share our values. We have priorities and work tasks that we um, we generate and have a school development plan, but we also have our own priorities as governors and action plans. We conduct a lot of learning and development. As a governor, you have access to so much learning, training, um, that is actually really benefited me and my understanding of um, certain areas of, of uh, school life and, and even broader with, with kind of um, inclusivity and diversity training. There's strategy development. So you get to actually hone in on your strategy skills and understand from other people's perspective as well, actually, we, these are the priorities, these are the, the musts, the shoulds, the coulds that we, we need to be prioritizing. We co-produce plans. We don't just, it doesn't all come from our own heads. We co-produce with the staffing body, with uh, pupils, with with uh, parents, and we try and forge all that together to make sure actually the school environment can be the best that it could possibly be. We receive and also give back constructive feedback, and we, we provide a lot of challenge and support to the leadership teams when we have our meetings. We provide a lot of coaching and mentoring as well um, amongst the governing boards, but also 
to again the senior leadership team and we conduct performance management reviews the, the head teacher has objectives that they need to meet every year and essentially we're assessing the performance of the head teacher is it good enough and actually how can we improve for next year so i think um in a nutshell like I said, the governing board is like a team. It's like a company that you would actually work as part of um, at, at a senior level. And you tell me which 18-year-old will ever have access to that unless they run their own company. Absolutely. And I think I think it's been such a fantastic conversation because I think certainly for me, I, I feel I feel quite lighter about the about the you know the possibilities and the opportunities and, and you know and, and exactly what can be done. And I think like I say that opening the doors, opening the communication, marketing in inverted commas, um, however you want to do that, but it really seems like you know a lot of difference can be made quite quickly and I'm sure there's probably another podcast here talking to a variety of different governors about their ideas and what's worked and what hasn't and and all the great work that you're doing there at the NGA so Sam Andrew thank you so much for being here I really appreciate your time and and hopefully this little bit of visibility in our corner of the world is going to pique someone's interest and and they're going to get involved so yeah thanks so much for being here okay thanks Mark thank you very much thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.